Welcome to the Body and Mind Healing and Liberation Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Anna Vicroy. I'm a biracial woman of color living in a fat body. I'm also a trauma survivor who spent most of my life in high-achieving functional freeze, which looked normal and successful on the outside, but felt empty on the inside. Now as an empowerment and trauma healing coach, hypnotherapist, and practitioner of mind-body therapy, I support women in transforming the way they perceive and relate to their body as a portal for deeper healing back to our confident, worthy, joyful, and authentic self. The work of liberation is intimately tied to healing because oppression keeps the body in a state of trauma and survival, and we are never truly free to be ourselves until we are all free. Thank you for joining me here. Now let's dive in. Hey, I'm super excited to be having this conversation today about body image because I am passionate about helping women heal their body image, changing the way that you perceive your body. Because for me, um, my healing and awakening journey started with healing my relationship to my body and changing the way that I viewed my body. And it comes quite simply down to this statement of, You cannot heal a body that you hate. You can't live a life you love in a body that you hate or disrespect. Like, think about that for a second. And our culture keeps us in this state of disconnection and um, unworthiness when it comes to our body. And so this is going to be a very um, deep conversation that um, may be triggering to you may be difficult um, for you to hear um, because i will share a bit about my story that i find a lot of people can relate to and so i want to just put this invitation out there that if you find yourself bracing holding your breath or feeling triggered or overwhelmed in any way hit pause and take a break go outside get a a glass of water, give yourself a hug, do what you need to do to take care of yourself. Because I fully believe in paying attention to what your body is saying. And that when you get triggered, it's, it's, it's activating those those old traumas. And for many women, um, body image is tied to a, a lot of trauma. So, um, Before we get into the heaviness, I want to start with something that is so inspiring. Um, If you could think for a moment, like just close your eyes and breathe, just take a breath. What if your relationship with your body felt supportive? What if it felt nourishing? What if it felt safe? What if your relationship with your body felt safe? What if your relationship with your body was filled with joy and play and pleasure? What if your relationship with your body was built on this foundation of respect, kindness, and unconditional love? Just feel into that for a moment. What if you had a relationship with your body like that? Imagine how you would feel. And and if you felt that way, imagine how your life might be different. 
I want to share with you that this is possible when you do the work to heal your relationship with your body. Now, this doesn't mean that you love the way your body looks all the time, um, but there is this element of getting to this point, and, it, and it's a journey, just like any relationship, um, but you get to this point where there's this unconditional love, even if you don't like the way it looks sometimes. Right? So, actually, this work um, isn't even about convincing yourself that you're beautiful. It has less to do with the way that you believe, uh, what you believe about how it looks, but about how you view it, how you perceive your body. Whereas beauty standards and our culture keeps us in this place of viewing our body as an object that needs to be controlled and that is never enough and that we need to be beautiful in order to be fulfilled and and to be worthy and all the things. But this talk, we'll, we'll talk about that, but this shift I'm inviting you to make with your body is to go from viewing your body as this object that needs to be controlled, but rather a co-creator of your life. Your body is the source of so much love. Your body is the source of so much wisdom. And it is through our bodies that we experience this human life. And if we are disconnected from our bodies, then that, that, that emptiness or that void or that sense of unfulfillment that so many of us can't quite put our finger on what it is, more than likely, it's this disconnection from this power within. So that is what is possible. That is That has been my journey. And um, I want to share with you what my body image journey has looked like um, because it was definitely the beginning of my healing and awakening journey. And I started my body image healing work about, um, about a decade ago, 2012 or so. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a long journey because for me, it had been several decades of trauma and ingrained in these, these beliefs that were very oppressive. Um, and unraveling from that takes time. So this is so much more than just convincing yourself that you're beautiful. So let's get into it. Um, I have shared my body image story probably over a hundred times and have written um, in a published book about it and spoke about it at um, confidence campaigns and whatnot. So if this is familiar, you can you can skip forward a couple of minutes if you'd like. But um, you know, I'll start with when I was I'm, I'm looking right now at this photo of me that have, is of me sitting and playing on the beach of Hawaii when we lived there. Um, my dad was stationed there. I was like four or five years old. And I can distinctly remember just experiencing life being in my body, not thinking about what it looked like, but just like having fun and doing what I needed to do. Um, just feeling free to be in my body and just to experience life, you know, whether I was playing in the water or making sandcastles or riding my big wheel. Man, I love that big wheel. And I just remember having so much fun. And then um, it was about seven or eight years old that my brain started to put together the messages that my body was not enough. 
Um, the messages look like um, messages from my Filipina grandmother, who I know she loved me so much. And, and you know, her saying how fat I was um, was really her way of expressing love for me because she wanted... Um, she wanted to bring attention to it because she wanted me to not um, suffer um, the way that people suffer who have fat on their bodies in this culture. You know, so I know that it was out of love. Um, and of course, you know, I would watch um, movies and TV and never saw any bodies that look like mine or that had more fat. And if they did um, show them on television, it was to point out how horrible they were or their characters, if it was like in a movie or a TV show, um, their characters were never shown in a good light. They were either like lazy or sloppy or um, made fun of or were comical. You know, they were never like worthy of love and respect. And so I, that was about when I started to realize my body wasn't enough. And additionally, um, I remember my father saying these words to me that he wanted me to be an all-American girl. My father's white, my mother's from the Philippines. And, um, and I, he, he said those words in the context of not wanting me to learn Tagalog in an after-school program at my local elementary school. Um, there was a, a high percentage of Filipinos where I, um, my grandparents lived in Vallejo. And so there, there was this free program, but he did not give me permission to, um, take the after-school class because he didn't want me to have an accent because he wanted me to grow up to be an all-American girl. And, you know, my father was in and out of my life and, um, you know, I desperately wanted the love of my father. And so I remember hearing those words and thinking, oh my gosh, he's never going to love me because I am never going to be an all-American girl. And, you know, I, I look, what is an all-American girl? Tall, thin, white, blonde hair, blue eyes. I have zero of those characteristics. Right. And so, um, I, of course, I did the best that I could to um, please... Um, please him and, and, and to be as acceptable as I could be. Um, here I just want to note, because um, I feel like this is an important point when it comes to trauma and body image, is that for me growing up, um, we moved all the time between my parents' breakups and divorces and my father being stationed um, to all the different places. I moved a lot. And I never knew where I was going to be. I didn't know where I'd be going to school. Whenever I'd have friends, I would be torn from those friends and I'd have to make new friends. So I never really had any deep friendships of, you know, people that I could um, count on. And not to say that my parents didn't love me. My, I know my parents love me. I know my family loved me and my family was doing the best that they can. And my nervous system did not feel safe. <laughs> I did not have a secure attachment. I was, my nervous system was um, dysregulated because I was always on high alert of what was going to happen next. Were my parents going to fight? Were we going to get up, pack up our things and leave? You know, my mom carried around a lot of fear and I remember sleeping with her in her bed um, when, um, because you know, she would be alone and she put a chair up to close 
up against the doorknob of the door in case someone broke into the place. I just remember not feeling safe. And I say that because I, you know, not everyone responds to the issues around body image in the same way. So for me, already having a very narrow window of tolerance in my nervous system, when I would experience body shame, it would be overwhelming. I did not have the capacity to feel those feelings. And so I shoved them down in my body because I could not safely feel them. And that is what trauma is, basically. If you remember from the earlier podcast, trauma with a lowercase t is not so much about the event that happens to you, but it's about how you respond in your inner world to what's happening in your external world. So, um, so for some people who um, have smaller windows of tolerance or states of nervous system dysregulation, um, shame related to body image absolutely results in trauma. And so I remember doing everything that I could do in order to survive, in order to um, make my body thinner. Um, I had my first diet when I was 12. I remember my dad bought Nutrisystem for me and I remember thinking, oh my gosh, thank goodness, finally I can like fix myself and all my problems will be solved. And of course I did the program, you know, that comes with like packages of like freeze dried food, or maybe it's not freeze dried, I don't quite remember. I remember like foil packed food. And um, I did the program and I would lose, I lost weight. And then of course, you know, just like with every diet, it doesn't last forever. And then I would gain the weight back and plus more and so not only am i feeling shame again because i am in a fat body but um it's like a a spiral because now i'm even feeling like i'm a failure because i failed uh, the diet Um, which in reality i know that i now know that diets don't work (laughs) 95 percent of people who go on diets gain the weight back Plus more, dieting leads to eating disorders, which is like one of the top um, mental health issues that result in people choosing to end their lives. And dieting really is related to more body disconnection and, and more disease. And so, but I, you know, I didn't know that then. So because we're all told that dieting is this thing that will um, make you be confident that will help because once you lose weight, then you're healthy, then everything, then people accept you. Um, because if, if you have fat on your body, you're not worthy, you're lazy, you know, there's all of these judgments that people put on people that have more fat on their bodies. So um, I did all the diets through my teen years um, and even even all through college. But um, I, I do remember there was a certain point in high school where I said, okay, I know that I'm not going to um, be the pretty one. So maybe then I could uh, feel more worthy, um, you know, feel safe in my body by being the smart one. So I focused on uh, my achievements and, and, and accomplishments. Um, but I was still moving forward 
like all the things that I was doing um, was this striving energy of feeling like I needed to prove my worthiness and that was all being driven by this very deep need to feel safe. I didn't know that then. That's what I know now. Because back then, I was literally just trying to survive. And there is nothing wrong with trying to survive. So I know I'm saying all of this with so much compassion um, because I know what it's like to, um, based on what we know, we're trying to do the very best that we can. And I was trying to survive. Um, I mean, I remember just spending so much energy in thinking about what I looked like and what other people thought about me. I remember just like constantly trying to hold in my gut um, while at the same time kind of like hunching my shoulders because I didn't want my tummy to stick out so much. And um, it was, it's really amazing when I look back how I was able to manage all of that energy that I would waste on what other people thought of me and trying to make my body look thinner while trying to do all these um, academic achievements, you know, getting my engineering degrees and, um, and doing all the things in my engineering career. Um, I look back, I'm like, my gosh, I can only imagine what my life would be like if I could spend all of my energy in pursuing my dream and my passion, right? Well, that's what I'm doing now. But um, yeah, it's just so fascinating to look back to see how much energy I was wasting on what my body looked like and trying to make my body um, conform more to the beauty standards. Now, a lot changed for me when I had kids. Um, because your body changes when you have kids, you know, stretch marks, weight gain. Um, after my kids were born, like my hair f fell out. Um, my skin, um, went crazy again. Like I, I had a lot of acne as a teen. Um, and then, you know, that acne came back with pregnancy. And so there was, it flared up my body image issues. And I remember, disconnecting from my body at an even deeper level then and after my kids were born I went into this like super anxious state I would cycle between anxiety and depression and um I couldn't even tune into what my body was trying to tell me I was, was solely living in my head and trying to, by this time I quit my engineering career and started um, my photography business. And I put all of my energy into my photography business because that was the only thing that helped me to, f to feel into that worthiness. Um, and, and the thing about at this point in time is I thought that by disconnecting from my body, you know, the story that I would tell myself, well, well, I'm not vain. I don't care about what my body looks like. Um, you know, I'm not going to care if I dress like this or that, or, you know, I can just wear whatever. And so I kind of like, um, disrespected my body. 
I was not caring for my body. And that's the difference between saying you don't care about your body versus saying you don't care about what your what your body um, looks like or um, or what's happening in your body. Like I wanted nothing to do with my body. Like let me just live from my head because in my head I at least had some sense of control and in my body there was no sense of any kind of control. It was way out of my control. My emotions were over the top. I couldn't even deal with it and the cycles of anxiety and depression were definitely a sign of that inability to deal with the emotions that were happening. And um, I remember when my kid came home from elementary school and started to cry and tell me about how he felt like he wasn't enough because you know kids teased him and he couldn't make friends and things like this. and. I remember saying the words that any parent would say of like, everyone is unique, everyone is different, you have to love yourself for who you are. And I was saying these words that just felt so empty in my own heart. (laughs) Like I knew that these words were not really having impact on him because I know that our children learn so much more by how we live our lives. I mean, what our words matter, but if if what we're doing doesn't back it up, and then there's no there's nothing behind the words. And so I knew that if I was going to raise my kids to be um, healthy young men, I had to figure out how to do that for myself. And so that's really when I started my inward journey. And, um, and it really did start with body image for me and connecting to my body in a totally different way. So doing, you know, changing the way that I perceived my body opened the door to me being able to regulate my nervous system that then led to being able to heal the trauma that um, then allows me to connect with my body more so that I can take care of my body from this more intuitive place. So it is a process of, um, you know, healing this relationship with your body. Like if you think about any relationship that you have with the person, imagine having a relationship with a person where, um, you know, you say all these horrible negative things to them, you, you ignore them, you disrespect them for like, I don't know, maybe a couple of decades or whatnot. And then you decide to like, hey, you know, I actually kind of need this relationship, so I'm going to work on it. It doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> okay, so um, I started to feel like myself again, and it was definitely this journey. So I'm happy to say that I feel like myself again, at least most of the time. Um, I definitely have a lot less anxiety and stress. I feel more relaxed and confident. And I, oh, I, the, the feeling of trusting yourself is freaking amazing. And that void that I was mentioning is, um, is gone. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, when I said that it's gone, I'm like, is it gone? Yeah. Like, (laughs) 
And I have the ability to flow through life's up and downs with so much gentleness and compassion. Um, so, you know, when I gain weight um, or, you know, if my body's not feeling good in a particular way, then I'm able to flow through all of that with so much more gentleness and compassion versus so much judgment and rigidity that I used to have before. And all of that was just rooted in fear because I felt like I wasn't enough, right? Like my body is um, not enough. And if I'm, and if you feel like you're not enough and you're not pleasing people, then that leads to feelings of not feeling safe. And, and so like at a fundamental level, when you're in this striving mode with your body and trying to get your body to a place where it is a more quote unquote acceptable, um, based on beauty standards. If you're not doing that from a place of love and, and worthiness, if you're doing that from a place of body shame, it is so dysregulating to the nervous system. And that is what creates this, this feedback loop of, you know, that dysregulated nervous system wreaks havoc on the body systems, um, you know, because like your immune system, your hormonal system, your digestive system, and all of those systems don't work well when your nervous system is in a sympathetic state. Um, and if it's like that chronically, because you're constantly thinking about how your body is not enough or constantly judging your body, trying to make it pleasing or acceptable, then um, it's contributing to this nervous system dis dysregulation. And so, yeah. So why is it so hard um, to just feel good being in our bodies? Like where does this, uh, you know, beauty standards, you know, we can point to the television and marketing and all that. Um, but, you know, there's just a really long history of the oppression of women that is rooted in beauty standards. You know, today we see it, you know, like, um, like I was saying in movies and on TV and magazine covers on social media and all that, all the body shaming of, um, you know, look at this year's top worst beach bodies, <laughs> the best and the worst, you know, like so much judgment of bodies. Um, and we've been told, we've been conditioned to believe that we will experience fulfillment in a beautiful body. But let me tell you, as a photographer, and I have photographed literally thousands of women, many times nude. And I want to share with you that the women who exist in bodies that are more closely aligned to beauty standards suffer from even more anxiety and insecurity than quote unquote normal bodies. <laughs> now, all of this is like with quotes because I don't believe in perfect or normal like we're all human bodies and they're all amazingly beautiful so I'm saying these with like air quotes so that you can kind of understand what I'm saying so you know talking about beauty standards is not just for women who exist in marginalized bodies 
deconstructing beauty standards is for the liberation of all women. All women. I just want to let that land there for a moment. Beliefs in beauty standards keep us uncomfortable in our body. And when we are uncomfortable in our body, we are disconnected from our power. Because it's that embodied power that give us the courage and the strength to stand up to things, to speak up for things, to do some of the hard things. And with nervous system dysregulation, it is so hard to do something that is going to be outside of popular culture. Because pleasing people and gaining acceptance is how one feels safe. So those, those beliefs that keep us uncomfortable in our body is a result of social conditioning. And that social conditioning is arbitrary. This is not based on biological, uh, biological needs, you know, um, that's why our, the body standards change over time. You know, uh, for a while it was like really, um, really super like waif thin and now it's like super curvy like with um extra curvy and like brazilian butt lifts and things like that (sighs) they're arbitrary standards and no matter how hard one tries to reach them that void within will still remain that disconnection from the body because we're treating the body like an object. It still remains. So um, the other thing I want to say is not only are the beauty standards arbitrary, but they're rooted in racism. It's, it's quite it's quite ingrained in the systems of oppression. And many of the beauty standards tend to be Eurocentric, even in non-white populations, as is like shown with eyelid surgeries in Asia or skin bleaching treatments um, like in, in tropical areas. Like I remember being in the Philippines and I couldn't find a face moisturizer or an underarm deodorant that did not have bleaching cream in it. (laughs) Like it did not exist. Like there was like maybe one product that didn't have skin bleaching agent in it. Um, and it's, it's just so common. And so the other thing about the, these beauty standards is many of us, it's like conditioned, um, into us as being an aspect of health like we are healthy if we look closer to these beauty standards and i just want to say this is very very clever marketing and it is so not true 
like I don't I don't even know where to start with this one, but um, there's so much science that is out there that shows that fat on the body in and of itself does not create the disease. Um, it disease is more related to our habits and our our patterns, um, not to the actual fat on our body. But yet, so many health and um, wellness industries want you to believe that having fat on your body means you're not healthy. And there are so many resources. I'm sure if some of you are hearing this for the first time, you're like, yeah, what, what? No, that's not true. Because everybody says that fat is bad. And I'm here to stand in my truth and the truth of all of these studies. And if you look up the book, Health at Every Size, um, there are a lot of um, resources that are cited in that book and you can check them out for yourself um, that point to the fact that it is not about the fat on your body. And focusing on dieting to reduce the fat on your body actually results in more harm to your health. Okay. And then and I, I want to I want to take a I'm gonna take a little break right here because I want to say that there is no judgment for anyone, for any woman, any person who is dieting, who is doing plastic surgery, who is doing what they have felt that they needed to do in order to be safe, in order to survive, in order to thrive in this culture. I have so much love for you and I see you trying to do the very best that you can with what you know and I have so much love for you and I was that person also. Okay, so this is not about judging anyone who is doing any of these things, but instead showing you so much love and compassion because I know how much it hurts. All right. So really, beauty standards, they're really a means of social control. Controlling our confidence because when we don't feel confident, we don't speak up. We don't speak up for ourselves. We don't speak our truth. It's a means of controlling our behavior, keeping us focused on what our bodies look like instead of what our bodies can do, instead of how we can show up in our society and our power. It is a means of exploiting our finances controlling our money, keeping us spending our money in places where that, that support the profits of the companies that spend the billions on creating the problem in the first place. Ooh, and that's another one. So many companies, these beauty companies, sell us, tell us that when you feel beautiful, then you can feel empowered. <laughs> and oh my gosh, it's like... Um, you can't sell us something that you took away from us to begin with. Uh, one of my teachers, an anti-oppression um, teacher, Weez Duran, she has a saying, something like, um, you can't be both the poison and, and the antidote. <laughs> I 
And I just love that. And I feel like that's what the beauty industry tries to do when they try to tell us that um, beauty is empowerment or beauty is beauty standards are health. Because beauty standards actually disempower us and actually take away our health. So as long as, oh yeah, this is a really good quote. Let me pause for a second here. As long as women are afraid of the truth of our bodies, we are afraid of who we truly are. Say that one more time. This is a quote by Lauren Gerstein. She wrote the book, The Invisible Corset. And I highly recommend that book. Um, If you want to learn more about cultural beauty standards, here's a quote again. As long as women are afraid of the truth of our bodies, we are afraid of who we truly are. Yeah. So I hope that this plants a seed with you. That there is another way to exist in your body. Another way that gives you uh, more confidence. That allows you to connect from this internal place where you have this intrinsic, authentic confidence. Not this kind of confidence where you you, you have to hustle for it or you have to like prove it. It's just intrinsic, that confidence, that sense of worthiness, and this deeply rooted sense of power. That is all within your body. Your body is so much more than an object that is to be manipulated and controlled. Your body is the source of your power, of so much wisdom. And learning to perceive it in a different way as this thing, as as this co-creator of your life to be respected. When you can start to see it as that, you can start to develop this trust between your mind and your body. And when you develop that trust between your mind and your body and you start to regulate the nervous system to widen that window of tolerance and allow all of the things that have been stored in your body to come up. That's when the magic happens. Okay. But before you even get there, just changing the way that you perceive your body as being uh, a co-creator and an instrument to experience life, not this object to control is a really important starting point on this healing journey. So I have a whole workshop on um, healing your body image. So check out my website for more information on body image and, um, and I'm totally here to support you. And I realize that this conversation may have triggered some feelings in you and I just want you to know if that is the case that is normal because I know that I'm talking about things that are definitely counterculture and if you would like some support don't hesitate to reach out I offer a complimentary 20-minute call that you can book with me so I look forward to um, supporting you and continuing to get this message out there because the more of us 
that can do this work, we can, you know, we can end the cycle of body hate in this generation. And if we can end that cycle of body hate, it gives me so much hope. Like I can see it, what the next generation will do. The next generation of women who are connected to their innate power. And that is why I'm having this conversation with you today. So with that, thank you so much for listening. If this has been interesting, I invite you to join me in my online community, The Self Love Club. Check out my website for more information. Sending you all so much love. Bye for now.